Welcome to Career Tools. This week, taking a job when you're waiting for another offer, or a bird in the hand is worth more than two in the bush. Here we go. Folks, if you don't know, our most popular product is our interview series. A total of close to 20 casts that you have to buy, but a total of 60 casts that you get the show notes for. It covers everything about interviewing front to back and in incredible detail, how to prepare, how to answer the big questions, including behavioral questions with examples. Uh, it, it will help you enormously. And the, in August 2014, the market is going to heat up and uh, you'll probably need it. Okay, Wendy. So uh, we've said recently until here in 2014, the market will be heating up. Uh, we've had several people write us and tell us that very thing that it's happened to them. And one of the biggest frustrations about the market is that the timing of offers is often problematic. Um, you can't control the timing of companies. People try to do it all the time and you just can't do it. And um, you end up waiting for one and you have one you may not like as much. Um, and people just don't know what to do. And it's very frustrating. It affects their ability to think uh, and to strategize and to make good decisions. So what should they do? So never turn down an offer you have for a potential offer. Mm. You said never. Wow. Okay, good. I agree. Okay, good. I was I was backtracking now thinking, well, maybe I got that wrong. Um, <laughs> secondly, don't overrate potential. And thirdly, always accept first. Ah, yes. I think we've talked about that before. Yes. Okay, good. So this is going to frustrate some people when they have an offer from their second company and they are waiting on an offer from their first company. Yeah, um, we get this question relatively frequently, even even through the last five years of people saying there's no jobs and the job market is completely stagnant. Right, We've right. still been having this question. And I think one of the reasons people write to us is for us to give them the magic answer of which one they should accept. And there is no magic answer, and we can't possibly tell you which one to accept. We did the 10-part series on choosing a company, so you can go to listen to all of those, but we're still not going to tell you which one to accept, except that a bird in the hand is worth what two in the bush. So the situation is that someone is interviewing with two companies, A and B, and A has made an offer, and you've finished interviewing as far as you know with a second company company b but so far you haven't had an offer or a rejection so in both cases uh in this example there are plenty of other permutations on this theme but in this example you're done with interviewing and if you haven't gotten an offer yet, or frankly, even if you have, the time after you're done interviewing, many people say, oh, it's more frustrating before you're interviewing. But actually, for many people, it ends up being afterwards because you feel like you did well and you want to know and you want to get an offer. And there's nothing you can do other than stay in touch and follow up and so on. Um, there's nothing you can do. Before interviewing, you can prep. After interviewing, you just have to wait. You're done. Yeah. 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 So again, both companies are done interviewing. A has made an offer. Yeah. And as you said, there's a million permutations of, of this situation. And sometimes there's been no indication as to whether there's going to be an offer or not, but you feel good about it. Sometimes there's been overtures about an offer, but nothing formal. And what people ask is, 
do I tell company A or B about the other in order to improve the other offer or speed up offer B? So that's the first question they ask and the answer is usually no. And there's an entire podcast about that. And then the second one is, well, which one shall I take? Yeah. Unless you are in a fairly unusual situation of having actually having two offers on the table in, in, in writing in your hand that you can compare one with the other, you're not comparing one with the other. You have to compare each one to the list of things that you said at the beginning you wanted. Because what you're doing is you're trying to compare something to something you don't know anything about. Right. And you can't do that. And nor can we. Yeah. And what's important about that is if you believe the other company is better, but they haven't made you an offer, you're going to make the company that has an offer you look better, feel better, sound better, pay you more, all kinds of other things. And it's amazing to us how people don't realize that offers are variable. And you may assume that one company is offering 70 and another company is offering 65. But in fact, the company that you thought was going to offer you 65 may offer 67 and the other company may offer 63. Now, we don't think it's a good idea to turn down an offer for $4,000 one way or the other. But the point is, you can't compare something to nothing. You can compare something to an idea. Look, guys, the worst thing in the world is to turn down a good offer that you feel good about if you weren't comparing it to this ideal offer that will never come from company A. Um, it's to turn down that offer from company B, which is a good offer, and then not get an offer from company A. There are people who recommend it, but we don't. Uh, we know too many people that have taken that path and have ended up with nothing. Now, would we agree, Wendy, that it's fair to say there's a downside of our recommendation and that is you know you could end up taking an offer from company b when company a ends up offering later after the fact yeah. and then we get the question i accepted this offer can i now decline it yeah the answer is no, no you can't you can't if you want to call yourself a professional guys and there are people again who will disagree with that who will say oh no 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 it's a it's your choice you you know, you get to do what you want and companies, you know, it's your it's your career and so on. Yes, but imagine a company that made you an offer and then you were getting ready to accept it and you were waiting for the other company, but they and you finally decided, no, I want to take this first company's offer. And they call you up and say, Oh, I'm sorry, we've decided to take back the offer. Or even worse, you accept and then decline the other company, and then the first company comes back and says, No, we've decided we're not gonna the offer is no longer good. You haven't started and we can retract it and so on. People get up in arms about that and then they think it's completely okay for them. Yeah, yeah isn't that funny? Part. The yeah. idea of a company rescinding an offer is how could they do that to me? And yet for you to accept an offer and then decide you're not going is perfectly rational. Yeah, and I would say 25, 30 years ago when I first started learning about careers and so on, I would have said uh, it's fairly well known uh, and it's understood, even though some people don't always do it, that you cannot accept an offer and then later decline it when you get a better one in the course of one or two or three months. It's simply not done. It's unprofessional. It's, it's unethical. Uh, your word is your word. That has changed. There are a lot of people out there that say, well, because companies aren't managing your careers anymore, it's your career, you can do what you want. And, you know, companies have all the power. And so, yeah, it's much more likely that someone would accept an offer from company B and say, well, I'll just accept from company B. And then if company A comes through in a month, I'm fine. 
I've got no problem. I'm covered. Yeah, it's not acceptable to a professional. No, it's certainly not to us. Okay, where were we? So I just wanted to give an example just so that people have something in their heads that's not jobs and company A and company B. So, And this is around the issue of comparing something to nothing. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So imagine you were looking for a new house and you decided that you needed three bedrooms. There's you, a child, and you wanted a guest room. So three bedrooms. And as you look at each listing, you say, does this house have three bedrooms, right? Because that's the requirement. Right. And the house is ruled in or out according to whether or not it has three bedrooms. And at the moment that you have a job offer on the table, whatever else may materialize in, in the future, you can all you can do is ask yourself, does this match what I wanted? It's a simple yes or no. Does it have three bedrooms or not? And it's fine to say, yes, it does, but I think but I'm gonna reject it anyway, because I think I can do better. But you can't compare the offer that you have or the house that you can see right now with some mythical thing that is gonna appear later uh -huh. from your imagination. Okay, that makes sense. So again, we don't try to compare the offer we have to an offer that we don't have. You could make one up about company A, but it's dangerous, folks. We don't recommend it. And uh, this never seems to happen, by the way, if company A is your, if the first company that offers is your, your favorite company, yeah. okay? You know, people are like, well, I'll take my, my, my first offer. Um, it's only when you don't get what you want in your ideal world, comparing things generally. And I also think this is a good time to consider, let's do an analysis. Let's go back and let's look at the details. Again, continuing on your theme of you can't compare something to nothing. Let's truly understand what something is. Let's go mm -hmm. back, as you said, and compare it to what I was looking for to begin with. And if it is everything, um, I'll probably be fine. And it's also entirely probable that this job will work out fine and you're going to change jobs and companies sometime in the next five years anyway. Yeah. Good. So the second part is don't overrate potential. And part of the problem in this situation is that there is this potential job hanging out there and, and we all overrate the things we want to happen and underrate the potential for the things that don't. So for example, our housing example, when we first start looking for a house, we think we're going to find this beautifully renovated home. It's got lovely wood floors and it's exactly in the street we want to be in. And it's got this newly renovated kitchen and all this stuff that we didn't even ask for. And the price is amazing. Now, our minimum list is, you know, what we actually need, our three bedrooms and a kitchen is usually more realistic but that doesn't stop us sitting there dreaming and it's the same when we're looking at in when we've interviewed and we're looking at jobs we're thinking oh company b is so nice they have a starbucks in the in the um foyer and i'll be able to go on that walking trail at lunchtime and it's you know it's just by the gym or i'll be able to get to school really easily and we're just making all this stuff up in our heads and none of it's, well, it could be true yeah, it could and be it true. could not be true, right? right? Yeah. We tend to overestimate those things. Yeah. And we're thinking, I did great in that interview and that hurry yeah. manager loved me. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, when we're waiting for an offer, these are the things we're thinking, right? Yeah. 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 And 
they really need someone and they're bound to offer me like twice my salary, right? Because <laughs> they really need someone and they we know that they pay well and the commute is really short and I'm definitely going to get promoted there because that guy said he was on the move. So, you know, I, I really, you know, should wait and compare the offer with the one I have. And again, you're just comparing what's going on in your imagination which may or may not really be related to the facts. Yeah, and the moment you have the offer from company A, you downplay it immediately. Oh, I have that. There's no drama associated with it. There's no upcoming joy when you get the new offer. The moment you get the offer from company A, the joy that you feel when you get it is expended. Uh, and now you have it, as opposed to the desire of having something better. It's like dreaming of a 70-inch TV, and a week after you've got it, it's just like, but it's just a TV. Yeah, and, and exactly. The same the same thing with two companies that you felt were identical in the beginning. Even if company B is not distinctly better, if you're waiting for company B and you have an offer from company A, it's amazing how quickly people say, okay, I have A. Now, let's go see if I can get B. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Gosh, you absolutely can't say, well, I'll take A and wait around for B. I mean, again, it's unethical and unprofessional. And that feeling you have about B, let's see what happens, let's see what happens, let's see, this is dramatic. It's like watching a TV show and not knowing what the ending is. It's like watching a movie where you know the ending. That feeling of, yeah, okay, I get called away, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. I know what happens. Yeah, again, we're comparing what's going on in our imagination with an actual offer. And if I'm not mistaken, this has names, right? There actually is, yeah. (laughs) It does, I looked up... uh... The list of, of cognitive dissonance yes. things that go on in our heads um, is two pages on Wikipedia, but this is either called probability neglect, which means I'm overestimating the probabilities of things happening, or the valence effect, which I assume is named after someone, but I don't know who. And it's one way that we survived as cavemen, because if you if you really assess the probability of being eaten by a lion, you wouldn't go out hunting, or at least I wouldn't have done. So our brains are designed to say oh the risk the risk is lower and the probability of a good thing happening is higher because that's how we survived but now we're in a whole different world and we're still relying on our lizard brain it's not very useful (laughs) when comparing job job offers yep good okay the last thing we want to say is something we've said before we've said it many times i think we say it in the interviewing series as well always accept first Okay, folks, the last part of this is always accept first. This is what happens to people. People get focused on that offer they don't have, and they forget to go back to first principles about the timing of a job search, okay? What we mean is you never resign from the job you have or turn down an offer you have before you accept the offer that you want you always have in place the next thing you're going to do. You don't resign from the job you're in before you accept. And what people do is they think, well, look, I know I've got an offer from A, right? I've got the offer from A, so I'm good. I can resign. And I've resigned from A. It frees me up. And now I'm still hoping for B, for this offer from B that hasn't come in yet. But because I have the offer from A, I'm good. And, and, you know, I've left the company. This often happens in the case where people are as much leaving a company as they want to join another company Mm -hmm. because they had a bad experience or what have you. Um, And 
what ends up happening is the potential offer for B feels so good, we get confused. We resign from our primary company, uh, from the company we're at, where our first responsibilities are, even in a job search, are to keep producing results. And then we find out that something happened with the company that made us the offer that we haven't accepted. And it is 10 times harder for a company to tell you, uh, yeah, you accept that offer, but we're taking it back than it is for them to retract an offer that you haven't accepted. So the first thing you do, let, let's assume we have three companies, company X, where you are, okay, company A, where you already have an offer, and company B, where you don't have an offer, okay? Here's the order. First, you accept with company A. Now, we're not saying you can't wait till the deadline, although we generally don't recommend that. We're not saying you can't ask for an extension. You can, and we have podcasts in which we address that. But if you've reached the limit and you have to make a decision, um, we don't recommend you let company A go, okay? And by the way, if, you're not, if you don't have a company X, the idea of letting A go unless you have a great deal of, of savings, is a dangerous thing. And for the vast majority of people we talk to, that's not true. So we have company X where we are, company A and company B. A, we have an offer from B, we don't. The order is this, you accept with A. That's the first thing you do. Then after that, you call company B and you tell them you've accepted another offer. Okay, now that's hard to do, but you have an obligation to do that. And then you go and resign to company X where you're employed. Now, some of you would say, no, 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 Mark. What I want to do is accept with A, then resign from X. I'm good to go now, okay? I'm going to start in a month or so, and then I still can leave B running. What that does, folks, is tempt you. It tempts you to be unprofessional. It suggests about you that you're willing to consider a much better offer from B. And professionals simply don't do that. They don't. Um, now, as I said earlier, it's much more prevalent. I'm not saying it is likely, but maybe 10 to 20% of people think it's completely okay to accept an offer from A and then later, within 30 or 60 days, say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not coming, I'm going to B. But we don't want companies to screw you, and we don't want you to treat companies disrespectfully. And so, therefore, we say, take the high road. And that means accepting with A and turning down B before you resign from X. If you accept with A and then resign from X and you leave B running, the engine of potentially creating an offer from you, you're essentially saying there's a possibility I may take B. And we simply don't recommend that. And woe be the person who does that and it becomes known in your industry. You'd have to work for somebody who's pretty selfish who knows, oh, that's fine, stuff like that is fine. The boss who says to you, oh, that's fine, you know, you snubbed A. The guy at B who says, well, yeah, just tell A that you're not interested. That's the guy who's gonna be selfish, who's gonna worry about his or her own career and not about yours, is not gonna develop you. It's every man for himself. And that may, may not be the place you wanna be, particularly if you go through a rough patch in your career or you need time for your family. Um, suddenly you discover that you really don't have a relationship. You're just an employee. Perfect. Yeah, good. Wrap us up. So never don't turn down an offer for potential. Don't overrate the potential. 
and always accept first. Okay, yeah. Guys, when you find yourself in this situation, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. It really is. Um, that future you're fantasizing about often doesn't come true. You can't compare what you have with what you might have, what you don't know, because you end up overrating what you don't know. Compare what you have with what you want. And if company A is what you want, as frustrating as it might be, and if you have no time left, accept A and reduce your risk short-term and long-term. That's it. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Hope this helped. Many people ask us this question, and it's really simple and very black and white. See you next week.